What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Band Chats. My name is John Kroom. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review as it helps out a lot. Um, yeah, and also, if you haven't already, please make sure you go check out all the other podcasts in the Out of Collective. Um, it's, uh, it's a super sweet collective that I'm a part of. And with Big Stick Energy, The Pursuit, Out of Bounds... I mean, Out of Bounds just got a dope-ass new set. Thanks, Ethan, who doesn't get enough credit. So huge shout-out to our editor, Ethan, who pretty much uploads all of our podcasts. I send my podcasts in late to him and everything, and he uploads these with no problem. He's never complained to me. He's never, ever complained to me. But he just got done helping Jabber set up a dope new podcast studio so be sure to check that out i'll put a link in the description below to their new youtube channel so make sure you go check them out um got all the coolest skiers and all the outdoors dudes on there so be sure to check them out but anyways let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode and that is with riley amos from trek factory racing this dude's only 20 years old 20 years old i found out that he's never lost a national championship that he started um and he's also a world cup winner u23 world cup winner so super young but also well accomplished and what was crazy is that all he cared about was having fun so it's good to know that he's not living life uptight and stressed out all the time but he's just still having fun so let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode but first let's hear a message from the sponsors and new this week is woodchuck hard cider straight out of vermont guys if you're a hard cider fan and you haven't tried woodchuck yet i don't know what you're doing because they have some uh punny store style ciders you see what i did there punny funny yeah okay all right i won't quit my day job but anyways they got some uh perseco yes that is pun intended uh, as well as a few other hard ciders that uh, i'm a huge fan of they even have some sangria um, and yeah, so I would recommend getting their brunch mix. Just go ahead and try them all. All you have to do is go to woodchuck.com. That's woodchuck.com. We'll leave a link down in the description below and you can check them out and get some cider today. Also back for another episode is uh, spot guys spot covers your medical bills up to $20,000 each time you get injured spot will actually cover your actual out-of-pocket costs instead of a fixed fee in a world where many people are under or uninsured with sky-high deductibles, spot fills that gap that is sorely lacking in the outdoor space spot has no deductible and is a monthly subscription can be canceled at any time spot works with whether you have health insurance or not while spot works with and covers a lot of cyclists and mountain bikers spot policies cover you 24 7 worldwide whether you're ripping a crit skiing a black diamond chopping up food in your kitchen or even climbing mount everest so guys go to croom.getspot.com that's croom.getspot.com and if you haven't already um hopefully you don't get into an accident because you're going to be spending a lot of money (laughs) also back for another episode is twisted spoke cbd i've been traveling and um, the only way I can sleep in my van right now when I first get started traveling, because I get scared. I listen to crime podcasts and I get super scared. So I have to take their CBN tincture at night just to put me to beddy by. Um, but hey, after you brush your teeth, it's actually still refreshing because they got peppermint flavor. So be sure you check out twistedspoke.com. Um, also, all you have to do is ask your local wholesaler, like your bike shop or whoever, to stock that shit 
All you have to do is go, hey, we want Twisted Spoke in our life, and you need to put it in your shop. So be sure to ask your bike shop today that you want some Twisted Spoke in your shop, uh, your local bike shop or your local store, whatever, adventure store, whatever. Go to twistedspoke.com. That's twistedspoke.com or bug your local shop. Also back for another episode is Zeal Pro. Um, Also just drove across the country, and I forgot to put my Zeal Pro cover on over my bike and sure enough I show up with a dirty bike so we'll never do that again I will keep my bike covered with the Zeal Pro case over my bike rack that way I'm showing up to every ride that I do when I'm traveling in my van with a clean bike and a bike that's ready to roll all you have to do is go to zealpro.com that's zealpro.com we'll leave a link in the description below but anyways that's all the sponsors that's all the ads for this week let's dive into this week's episode What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats on the Out of Collective. My name is John Croom, and we're sitting here with Riley Amos, you know, up-and-coming mountain biker, U23 world champion, or not world champion, but U23 national champion and U23 World Cup winner. Um, Dude, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I. uh, What's funny is that I did that whole world champion thing, and I have a webinar tonight with uh, with the feed. And um, they released yep. these documents, like these full like promotional documents as John Croom, the Olympian on the track. And I was like, oh, fuck, I've never been to the Olympics. Like, we got to fix this now. And that's like <laughs> the most embarrassing feeling on planet Earth. Um, but anyways, yeah, tell me tell me a little bit about you and uh, where you come from. What's your background? How do you find yourself being one of the best U23 mountain bikers in the country? Um, well, I, uh, am born and raised in Durango, Colorado, super lucky to grow up in a little small town that just has an amazing cycling community, a ton of emphasis on, uh, on mountain biking. We have incredible trails and kind of this mountain bike community was first kind of kicked off by Ned Overend back in yeah. the nineties when he decided to be living here and kind of make this place his home. And so super fortunate to have mentors like, you know, Chris Blevins, Todd Wells, you know, Sepp Koos is out of here. Quinn Simmons is also from here. So kind of just grew up with this culture of, of cycling and just looking up to and getting to just ride with a bunch of guys that are just pure idols of the sport. And uh, I got into mountain biking probably when I was maybe 10, 10, probably 10 years old. Um, my dad rode for fun a little bit, but like my parents never came from any sort of racing background or professional athlete background, but a program called Durango Devo um, that basically has a mission of getting, getting young kids on bikes and just as an after school activity and a couple of times a week meet for an hour or two hours um, to just ride and have fun and just kind of starts from a young age nowadays. I mean, there's, there's groups that are for kids on push bikes, you know, they're two years old that your, your parents can in, can enroll these kids in to just like start to learn how to ride their bike as just a fun after school activity, different than playing some normal ball sports like football or soccer, you know? So when I was in second grade, my parents signed me up for Devo and that was kind of just the, the, the original kickoff for my love of mountain biking, just having a group of kids and a coach or two to learn the basics of mountain biking and just always, make it fun and as i got older that program kind of progresses and starts to introduce kids 
into a little bit of a racing scene and just has that exposure to just let kids feel out what it's like to be competitive on a bike. And I think my love for, for racing just blossomed a bit from that and slowly just kind of decided to become more and more competitive and learn about this kind of pipeline of trying to compete at a national level. And yeah, it's kind of all happened fast from there. And now, now I'm 20 years old getting to ride my bike professionally for a living. So yeah, pretty, no. pretty lucky, pretty blessed to, to be here at this age. So yeah, it all happened really fast, but yeah. That's super nuts. So like, when does the crossover happen? So, you, you know, you, I mean, you hear about Nika, you hear about these things like these college, even college, you know, sports and stuff like that. And like now, you know, athletes are doing everything marginally, right? Like they're going to weighing their food and they're like, you know, the training and the power numbers. And I mean, you literally are just like, yeah, I did this for fun. And then the next thing you know, I have a national championship Jersey and a world cup win under my belt. So like, where did that crossover happen for you? Where it was like, cause I mean, it's for, even for me, you know, I came from professional football background, like high school football background, but like, you know, the training was, you know, two days a week or two day, two days, you know, four to five times a week. I mean, it was pretty intense. And so like getting into the sport of cycling, it's even more intense. So for you, when did that crossover happen? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a really intense aspect of it for a lot of people. But for me, I think the goal of just always keeping it fun and just enjoying racing and just pushing myself with my friends was the main thing that kind of got me to where I am. And I mean, I, uh, at, I think at 16, so before I was 16, maybe 14, 15 years old, I had raced like some smaller local races, like a couple like team events, like 12 hours of Mesa Verde down in Cortez, just like super fun bike racing events. And it wasn't until I was 16 that I was like, hey, I hear that there's like, you know, some bigger races. I didn't even know there's like a national championships for cross country mountain biking until I was 16, really. Yeah. And like that year I said, hey, I want to try and race at a higher level and kind of try and hit these quote unquote, like big races around the country that are kind of earning these point system for a call up at national championships. And so I, that was the first year I kind of was like doing my research, finding out about these races, about a national championships that happened in West Virginia, all the way across the country. And that people had like coaches that were like helping them with workouts and stuff. So it was basically all new to me until I was 16 years old. And then I actually contacted uh, Todd Wells, who is like multiple time mountain bike Olympian, kind of yeah, one yeah. of the OGs of mountain biking. And yeah, I had yeah. just known him from around town and going on a couple of group rides with him and was like, hey, I like want to try and race and be fast. Do you think you can help me out with some coaching maybe? And so that's how it started. And he was my first coach and kind of, taught me a little bit about training philosophy and you know that we do this quote-unquote base season and we do some longer slow rides for a lot more hours you know it's not just about going hard all the time and kind of just with his guidance I went went to a a couple pro XCTs that year and then I went to national championships all the way across the country in, in West Virginia just me and my mom and I won my first national championship 
<laughs> in a Durango Devo jersey. Have you ever lost a national championship? Now that I'm now that no. I'm thinking about this aloud, you've never lost a national championship. Not that I started in the. That's a weird feeling. I mean, I, I guess it's going to be a weird feeling if once you lose, if it happens, uh, <laughs> you know, knock on some wood. But man, that's kind of fucking nuts, dude. Like to to just I've always started, and so you know, because for most kids, like here's the thing: like sports came easy to me. Um, and you've probably seen this in cycling when when it comes easy to people like the moment it's not easy anymore they're done but correct you, you i remember keep... being a young kid i remember being like 15 16 years old my first year i started racing and there were kids i was a really i mean i'm still a pretty skinny little guy yeah yeah when i was 15 16 i was like 125 130 pounds just a little <laughs> twig yeah and i remember seeing guys you know that kind of like went through puberty a bit earlier and we're just yeah. like these ripped guys with mustaches at like 15 16 years old yeah you were in and prison like, you were just like and i was like what the heck and it's true that some people you know they start in sport really young and get really good really young and have a lot of really natural talent in sport maybe develop early and from a young age that maybe carries them to some really good success but it's interesting as we get older and everyone's body's mature and everyone's been in the sport for a couple of years at 16, 17, 18 years old. That's where it's, it's really interesting to see a lot of like the guys that developed early first or yeah. have been in sports since a super young age and were super talented, the work ethic and that start to balance out a bit. You know, well, that, guys that were winning. Yeah. Like people nine, start to quit. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. People start to quit even like they're just Correct. like oh i'm actually not cut out for this and it's wild yep. to me because they're so naturally talented and you're like oh dude if you just rode your bike longer than two hours you might actually be okay but yeah they just it's, quit it's and more so that, like they've been riding their bike longer than two hours since they were like 12 and that's true yeah are just like cooked on it by the time they're actually getting to a level an age that they can maybe start pursuing it professionally, you know? So I always, when I talk to people, emphasize just like fun is first on the bike. You know, it's a yeah. sport that we put in so many hours of training, like so much long solo hours sometimes and <clears throat> so much just time on the bike. And like fun is most important. Fun is first and finding ways to make training fun. You know, maybe you have a structured training plan that you're supposed to ride four hours at this heart rate, you know, but finding ways to, first of all, like do that with people, make certain rides, just like fun races, instead of spending a big training block at home by yourself to have a really good fitness, just like finding ways to make that sound more fun and interesting to you. Maybe if it's not perfectly by the book. Yeah. So are you like, cause you're 20 years old. Are you in college? Like are you studying? I did or? my first, uh, I did a one year of college at Fort Lewis college in Durango. Okay. And then I signed with Trek factory racing and decided that, you know, while I have this opportunity to race kind of for, in my opinion, the, the most successful best team on the circuit right now, I want to, I want to take advantage of that to the fullest and not feel like I'm splitting my time. No. Yeah. I mean, why go half in on both things when you can just go all in on one, one's going to be that there was my eventually. Philosophy. I know a lot of people, there's been some really incredible athletes who've gone to school and cycle at a professional level and 
able to complete both. And I think that's absolutely incredible and amazing. And I have mad respect for them, but personally who I am and what creates the best success for me is like having the right mediation of things and not feeling totally like split on my time and energy all the time. Yeah. So Trek factory racing doesn't happen. You ended up staying at Fort Lewis. What were you studying? What were you going to do? I was in economics, actually. I had just oh, declared man. my major in economics. Yeah. So, okay, sick. That that sounds super intense. Well, this sounds like a lot more fun than economics. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, maybe maybe yeah. I'm biased, though. Um, but, I, uh, it, I, I, was, I was doing okay in school. Yeah, yeah. It was so hard for me to be like, hey, I'm going to really focus and put a ton of effort on this assignment right now when it's like, hey, we got world champs in three weeks. And I want to go ride my bike because it's nice outside. Like it was yeah, so no, hard for, for sure. me to like to prioritize one over the other. You know? Well, especially when you're in Colorado, because that Monday where you it could be your biggest day uh, for school is like 70 degrees, and then the rest of the week it's snowing. You know what I mean? And so it it, it could it could like literally ruin your week of training. So I can definitely understand <laughs> that. Um, you know, living in the springs and all, but. Cool, man. So like, let's dive into this. So what's next for Riley? Like you just came off what you just won. What was it? Cactus cup? Is that what it was? Yeah. I just got home from Arizona where, uh, we did the cactus cup. It's a three day, like OG mountain bike stage race with like a, a dirt time trial. First day, a marathon event. That's like just over 40 miles Saturday. And then, uh, like a little three stage cross country ish enduro on Sunday. And it's like a cumulative cumulative gc total from that yeah and so you just came off that win and i think that was <laughs> got the cat in the got the cat in the studio um but yeah, i think attention, but no. <laughs> so we so i think that's like what just like a kind of a, a way like you're probably training through that or whatever but what's next for you i guess going forward yeah i just got home to durango for the first time in like three months i've been hiding from winter in Arizona all winter. So I'm home for two weeks and then I'll fly to Brazil actually for the first world cup of the season. Um, okay. That's the, I guess it's the second weekend of April. So okay. I got two and a half weeks. I'll fly to Brazil race, like a, a C1 UCI race the first weekend. And then the second weekend is the actual world cup. Sweet, sweet. And so I'm assuming 2024 is on your cards right like that's that's what you're shooting for am i wrong or am i right in that no for sure like yeah, yeah the olympics is a big big goal for me my okay yeah definitely that that's the like we're looking for success for this year but like the real goals are success for for 2024 and qualifying for the olympics hopefully awesome man well sweet so don't want to keep you all morning, let you get to some training. I know it's a little earlier over there. I'm on the East Coast, but um, we asked this question to everybody. Um, if you could have a cup of coffee with one individual, who would that person be, dead or alive? And then how would you take your coffee? Do you drink coffee? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Some people don't, man. Some Love people don't. Some coffee. Yeah. yeah. One person that are dead. alive. Dead or alive, anyone, man. You can anyone. This is what also makes it difficult because you could literally pick anyone, <laughs> and they don't have to be a cyclist. You can always dive out. Yeah, yeah. 
But I have a feeling that if some like higher power were to ask you this question, you would only get like 10 seconds to answer, you know? So <laughs> like it That's would be so like, hard because like, like I have a lot of respect for a lot of people. Yeah. But I've been fortunate enough to like get to have kind of a cup of coffee with a yeah. lot of people and have a lot of morning coffees with like Yolanda Neff and Evie Richards, who are the current like Olympic and world champion. It's wild. Yeah. So like, I've had a lot of good cups of coffee with them and had a lot of really good conversations with them, but I think I want to, it'd be good to have like a, a good chat with someone like, uh, like Tom Pitcock or Matthew Vanderpool, who are just like at such a high level of success with yeah. such a high level of pressure and expectation on them always, who seem to be able to always perform and get to talk to them, you know, just about like how they always keep it fun and how they like, just never have issues with that sort of pressure you know yeah yeah no that's sick so how would you take your coffee um probably cappuccino cappuccino or uh cortado for sure mm. probably just depends on where you're at in the current moment you know a good european yeah. cappuccinos sometimes if i'm if i'm needing a little extra juice i'll get a big latte sweet a little caramel maybe <laughs> there's, a, there's a coffee shop in durango that makes a good like homemade caramel they put in and their lattes so oh, that's sweet. kind of always the coming home treat cool cool well cool guys yeah. uh thanks so much for jumping onto the podcast guys thanks so much for listening uh if you haven't already please make sure you go check out riley's social media it will be down in the description below i'll also put a link to trek factory racing so you can go check out the team see what their those guys are up to see what their schedule's like and uh yeah give them a follow but other than that we'll uh see you next time